As a loyal listener of Brewer's Journal podcast, Beer 52 would like to reward you with free beer. You have the opportunity to enjoy 10 exclusive craft beers from around the world. And all you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash brewers and cover just £4.95 for the postage. Beer 52 traversed the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. As a craft beer discovery club, Beer 52 deliver customers a case of beer with a different theme each month. And your first box will be sent next day. Themes have ranged from Germany to Korea, Norway to South Africa and California to Finland. You'll get hoppy IPAs, hazy pale ales, refreshing lagers and more from breweries like Aura from Italy, Nkazi from France, Tempest from Scotland, Boss Brewing from Wales and many more. And the beauty of Beer 52 is they don't hold you to a ransom. There's no lock-in and you can leave at any time. Just go to beer52.com forward slash brewers to get your first case of 10 beers for free. That's beer52.com forward slash brewers. Hi, this is Vela Mitrovich, and welcome to the Brewer's Journal Podcast. Today, I'm being joined by TBJ's editor, Tim Sheehan, and we're under the railway arches in Hackney, London, visiting John Swain and dog Bruce Wayne of Hackney Brewery. So, thanks for uh, letting us come in today. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for coming in. When most of us think of Hackney Brewery, we think of great beers, longevity, and a pretty tight crew of workers here. To this, I could add community projects, sustainability combined with low impact, and London Living Wage Foundation, which means that you pay your employees a wage that allows them to live in London. But i like to start with something completely different. Let's talk collaborations. You have your own brewery with your own never-ending workload of paperwork, brewing, delivering, cleaning, Packaging, ordering, and scheduling. You have your own tanks that are full of your own production. So tell me if I'm wrong here, but a collaboration doesn't mean less work. It means more. It can mean more, definitely. There's, not in a bad way, not in a kind of like, oh, this is going to take over my life now. But in terms of, uh, for us, if we we produce a beer uh, that, might just come out of a after work drink you know there's like uh, a concept kind of thought out and kind of bashed out over with between the team between the brew team between the sales team between uh, even the drivers you know sometimes we all get together and can talk about how well we're doing and some work stuff and what kind of beers we'd like to make and like what what could fit in well with the season what could fit well with the schedule um and from that uh, some of these some of the beers that we kind of create are kind of effortless in, a, in, a, in terms of creating the recipe. Uh, and then the, the actual production is just fits in with our day-to-day, you know, running a brewery, making the core range opposed to making a special that's just our, our own special, then uh, it, it doesn't really, a, there's not a, more of a workload. There's no extra effort going in to make that happen. Where if we do a collaboration, there's a lot of toing and froing between whoever we're working with um, then there has to be designs that have to be cleared and worked out, whether that fits with everyone else, getting you know, use of logo. Uh, and then the actual day of the brew, where there'll be um, 
points where obviously the, the visiting brewery will be helping us do stuff but uh there's always a kind of level of kind of we have to make sure that they're safe doing it and uh yeah it it, it has to kind of has to work for all, for everyone and in terms of the actual workload of as collaboration it is a bit more but it might not always be a bit more i i don't sound horrible here but looking at some collaborations over the years would you say that the one brewery oftentimes has a lot more to gain? It depends why you're doing it. We do. We generally do our collaborations for. Um, they come out of, of of just hanging out with another brewery, and then you come up with an idea, and then you kind of want to invite them around to your house, kind of thing. And uh, whilst they're here, we may as well, if we're brewing, we may as well do a brew together, and then we want to make it special. And so we'll hammer out a recipe over months and kind of present it really nicely. So it, it does come from a, if your true roots are to the beer. If you really believe in beer and you want to make beer with someone else, another another brewery, then that's what it kind of comes down to. If you're doing it for you know promotional gain or marketing gain or uh i don't know why else you i don't know why else would you make beer with someone else if you didn't like making beer and you 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 get other breweries in who who also feel the same way i guess almost following up with this i i look at beer collaborations i don't see anybody else doing this i mean bakeries don't get together and make a special bread butchers don't make a joint sausage um boeing doesn't work with somebody and make a joint plane shipbuilders don't do the banks don't do it Nobody does it. Well, you, well, music does it. Everyone, people collaborate in music. It's uh, a very creative industry, and I think you have to compare it with creative other creative industries. As far as from my my personal perspective, is like uh, chefs collaborate. You know, um, music collaborates, artists collaborate. I don't know. I haven't seen too many painters get together and. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, our exhibitions, though, there'll be more than uh, there'll be a couple. They'll collaborate on a on a, on a gallery kind yeah. of, sh- of screening because obviously so, so, you know, these young kind of artists can't afford a full gallery opening, so they'll they'll kind of kind of get a collective together or have an agent that, that then just presents all of their all of their work. So I, yeah, I get I get what you mean. We obviously Boeing aren't gonna. <laughs> it or maybe they do with Rolls Royce with the engines. Who knows? You know, collaborations are really important in this industry, and it it it, it, it spreads knowledge. It spreads the the. I've worked in a few industries prior to this, um, and they're not always the as open. What what drew me in to brewing was the the attitude of brewers, and it's it's loving. It's the sheer enjoyment of a craft and it is very kind of uh unique to this industry as, as a creative industry where everyone kind of wants to elevate it um or take an idea and change it and, and the progression of this industry especially over the past well we've been going eight years uh those eight years we've seen a huge amount of change and uh styles appear and introduce uh, the, the kind of consumers into uh, s- stuff that we you know wasn't very mainstream 
and that's and that's why the craft movement in my opinion or the independent craft movement is uh it's quite unique with your collaborations i mean your first one was that with gypsy hill last year no our first ever collaboration was um probably a f- official one yeah. was casey bc which was uh, a new england pale ale um where that was kind of around the same time of, of just after the big rebrand we've got a new new brew kit in um so was that 2016 2017 yeah we were brewing 10 times a week on a five barrel kit uh, which was the original one we started with eight years ago, and it just got to the point where we were. <laughs> it was too much. It was too much going on daily on a daily routine. It was just, it was kind of killing us a little bit. Um, so we decided to rip out. Well, I spent a year designing the new kit and what we wanted and how it would work and the workflow. We ripped out the old brewery um, and got in better quality equipment and uh, a, a closed lid conicals um, and a bigger brew house. And we were brewing four times a week on that straight away, pretty much. And in November last year, we got these two uh, two more tanks in for packaging, which allowed our kind of um, workload to be sped up to five brews a week. So that's, that's kind of where we wanted to, to be, because that's the small brewer's cap. I mean, going on with collaborations, I'm like, I'm not going to let... I'm like your dog there with the with its yeah, bone. Never gonna, I'm not going to let go of this. I wanted to... This whole thing was getting up to this. So now you're involved with the uh, the Skyline Project that consists of six New York breweries, six London breweries, and six beers. Excuse my French here, but what the hell were you thinking? As a former Knickenbocker, I can assure you New York City is a fair jump away. Uh, yeah, so this all came around because uh, we... As a London brewing community, um, are in a little bit of a bubble, and we wanted to kind of break out of the bubble. And uh, when I think of UK breweries, I think of a lot of the breweries who are outside of London as being phenomenal. And I guess it is a bit of attention grabbing, uh, but for our local scene, I think it needed it. It needed a bit of a shake up. It all got a bit. Everyone got a bit broken up, and uh, I wanted something to kind of unite us all together, uh, and and bring other brewing cultures into London. And you know, there's eight million people here or something, and uh, it's a it seems to be a hub of consumerism. Why New York City? Why not San Diego? Why not Colorado? Or New York? Because we had uh, this year was a kind of a proof of concept for us. It was a real kind of like toe in the water. Of, of how this concept can can kind of work. We went off of our previous kind of connections to New York because I'd been a couple of times visiting quite a lot of breweries. Um, it, it was a little bit lazy, basically, because we had those connections already with KCBC, um, Barrier, Finback, they had been over here brewing with us over that year, over 2017. So with the Skyline Project, there are six London breweries. Which ones are there? Uh, Gypsy Hill, Brew by Numbers, Pressure Drop, 
Wildcard, Brick, and us. And how did you six decide you were going to be the ones here? We wanted a good spread of three north and three south uh, because North Bruin and South Bruin, they're... Um, so obviously we had to have a Bermondsey representative. So we got Bruin numbers. Um, we wanted some relatively newer breweries, so Brick and Wildcard, who are kind of unknown on them. They're making waves. They've, they've, they've. So Brick make some of the most amazing sours in in London. Uh, I don't think anyone comes anywhere close to them with their sours. Personally, I think the emerging brewery is Wildcard. They're making some fantastic specials, and they've got really good ethics behind them. Um, pressure drop are just they're just good mates of ours we get on really well with them and I think they've they've elevated themselves this year with some phenomenal beers coming out and great collaborations similar to other great collaborations and and uh, really up to their kind of level we, we also thought about styles of beer that we wanted in the set and who excels in certain styles um, so we didn't all have a a set of double IPAs, basically. <laughs> Let's talk about the beer that you did, Night Owls Imperial Stout. How, how did you do this? Um, to So I've been to New York three times. That's it. That's I've only been three times. First time was a big kind of, I'm going to go and see every single brewery I physically can. Uh, that must have been 2017. Uh, second time, 2018, I went out to... Um, Visit a couple more that were slightly out further out of town, like Barrier. Uh, we went to go see those guys, and a few new ones had, had kind of cropped up. And then early this year, so coming back from that one, uh, I, I, the, idea, the, the idea was spawned basically from from coming back from that flight um, very early in the morning, and absolutely loving the kind of the culture because like, we we visited uh, other half. And they uh, turned around and said, well, you should, you should go and see our friends at Threes. They're only around the corner. Let me call ahead, tell them you're coming. Um, and then we got to Threes, and they were like, oh, cool, you should swing into like Strong Rope. Uh, they're only around the corner. I'll call ahead, tell them you're coming. So there was literally kind of like the culture and the community was something that I, I really respected, and, and that really had an influence on me coming back from that second trip. And the third trip, uh, with this kind of concept had... Uh, kind of raised its head to me and uh, we've got a guy out there who used to work here called Ben uh, he works for KCBC now um, and between the two of us I was kind of uh, through the concept at him and be like is this something that KCBC would be interested in being involved with and then Ben was like yeah I'll I will help in any way possible to make this happen so we kind of had a guy on the inside out there as well which was hugely hugely helpful and certain things because he obviously goes to the uh, the meetings where all the breweries kind of get together the, the brewers uh, I don't know what it is a brewers uh, uh, association or whatever they've got in New York I don't know what it's what that's got but, um, but Basil from uh, Finback is I think is the, the chair of that so it was very useful to kind of have people who could help us piece it all together along the way. It's all been about the people. So getting the guys over here, all the six breweries in London at the same point from New York, we, we went to Greg Wells from We Are Beer and we basically said, we've got this idea. It's not going to work without you. Are you are you up for this? 
please invite these six breweries over. We want to create this project called Skyline. It's it's more than it's more than just a box set. It's about the culture that goes behind uh, the brewing industry and how we can change it for the better and be more kind of inclusive and uh, kind of I don't know put the effort in to to really come together over something. How did you get paired up with Evil Twin? Well, we are, well, it's, per, it's a personal thing. I'm a big fan of, of their beers. And uh, I am really into my dark beers. So uh, we, we, it's something we've tried to do here for a long time is, is kind of um, create dark beers that are really stand out special. I mean, we've, we've done barrel aging stuff for, for a few years now. We did a... Um, a project where we brewed a stout that we split into three barrels, three different types of barrels. It was a Madeira barrel, a bourbon barrel, and a port barrel. And we packaged them all up and we, we were trying to work out what the differences in those kind of barrels were rather than the actual base beer. And the base beer was delicious as it was, but uh, we, we decided to, to put it into barrels and, and condition it in these different kind of environments and pick up different flavors and worked out how it would change the beer uh, dependent on what was in the barrel previously, which was fascinating for us, and we the beers were all great. Um, and then we did uh, we tend to do like an annual big stout. Um, last year's got put into barrels again, bourbon barrels. So that was a chocolate stout. We got we it's just about to come out actually. So we so for us, I've got a fascination with stouts. And obviously, London is the the home of the stout. So, Evil Twin was a natural partner. Yeah, because I, I, I'm, I, we, we'd met Yepe, and he's an absolutely fantastic guy. So, did you, did he come out here? How did you actually? He didn't quite make it out here in the end because he was in the middle of a the build of his new tap room, and uh, it was it was chaos when we were visited. So, <laughs> be, between the two breweries, how did you come up with a recipe? The internet is a wonderful thing. <laughs> uh, we bounced emails backwards and forwards quite a lot. So were you doing sample brews just to see, no, this works, this doesn't work? Or? I trusted I trusted uh, Yepe's experience and uh, knowledge on, on how to... So basically I sent him uh, a, a kind of a, an idea for a recipe, which basically was strong, big, full of dark malts and thick and super long boil and all the rest of the things that I've, I've, we, were, we were chatting with with it and it's not just from from that brewery it's from it's been like years of chatting with other brewers on how to make stouts the guys from Wylam Dave Dave from Wylam we had a really good chat about how uh, American stouts are made and uh, what his experience as well so we we're trying to piece this all together it all came to a head with this with this big 14% stout um and then we sent, I sent their recipe over to Yep and he pulled it apart and rebuilt it, basically. Um, made some pretty big changes onto it. But uh, essentially, we, we both kind of nodded at each other and went, yeah, that's good, happy with that. Let's, let's go for it. So the, uh, the artwork that went with it, I mean, it's, 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 I recommend everybody go on Hackney Brewery's uh, website and take a look at it. I mean, it's, it's a theme of uh, Twin Peaks and New York City combined together. Whose idea was that? Uh, well, it was when we were visiting uh, Yepe and, and Evil Twins' new place in New York. The uh, their barrel room contains the original sign from Twin Peaks, and it was it was the first thing you see. And it's and then 
the Twin Peaks kind of connection kind of came from that where the owls are not what they seem and the uh, the overlying theme for the for the box for the Skyline project like labels we gave it all the brewers the, the theme of New York so we kept it quite vague we wanted everyone to have their own identity attached to their beer and their collaboration within the setting of the set so will all six beers be sold together uh, they are they are currently available I believe still available if they've not all gone already um I'm still yet to kind of work out the, the main direction of the actual project. Um, we cut, we chose the name Skyline to keep it quite open to, to traveling around with it. Um, maybe do a kind of Ryder Cup thing where we do Europe and then America and then Europe and then America. So it's not just an American project. And I fundamentally, a lot of the new London breweries vibe off of the, the scene that comes from over the pond but uh i believe that barcelona and copenhagen uh, and i'm sure there's multiple other cities that we can pull together a group of six breweries to come and brew with us um but yeah i'm still yet to kind of work out that it's only just happened we're, we're still trying to kind of working out the best ways to take it forward um with Mate, yeah, there's plenty of ideas floating around. I don't want to kind of give too much away, but there's 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 a lot written down that we could potentially do with it. Um, and then once I get, basically, I'm trying to get a, get everyone together again uh, from the from the London side of things and just chat about how how it all went for everyone and what they enjoyed about it, what didn't work, what did work, uh, and then kind of analyze how how we went about it, see if we can make it easier for everyone to like collate information and connect with everyone. Because when we launched the, so when we got everyone over, we had a, a launch at the Red Hand for the concept of the project. So Red Hand's a bar up in Dalston. It's, it's uh, I really love it. It's quite local to here. And they really get behind craft beer and projects like this. It's great for us. Um, but we encouraged other London breweries to kind of come to that and meet these people that are coming over, these brewers, breweries that we're bringing over, to introduce that into the London beer scene so that, it's it's not just about the six breweries that are in the box. It's about the London scene as a total. So, and then uh, I think the day after me and Kevin from Finback, we we had a little wander around uh, East London, went to a distillery. We went over to um, East London Liquor Company. And then we went up to Howling Hops, who are another great London brewery. Unfortunately, we can't get everyone in to the, to the box set. Is, uh, I think price points and what a consumer would want from a set. Um, it's kind of almost a little bit limiting um we want to make it affordable and accessible and introduce people to new exciting beers from an independent stance and uh there's not many other sets available i think that we only made 1800 it's not a lot for the hot for the whole of the uk and they're pretty much gone yeah i think uh yeah, there's not too many left if you see them grab them they're great <laughs> As a loyal listener of Brewer's Journal podcast, Beer52 would like to reward you with free beer. You have the opportunity to enjoy 10 exclusive craft beers from around the world. And all you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash brewers and cover just £4.95 for the postage. Beer52 traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. As a craft beer discovery club, Beer52 deliver customers a case of beer with a different theme each month. 
and your first box will be sent next day. Themes have ranged from Germany to Korea, Norway to South Africa and California to Finland. You'll get hoppy IPAs, hazy pale ales, refreshing lagers and more from breweries like Aura from Italy, Nkazi from France, Tempest from Scotland, Boss Brewing from Wales and many more. And the beauty of Beer 52 is they don't hold you to a ransom. There's no lock-in and you can leave at any time. Just go to beer52.com forward slash brewers to get your first case of 10 beers for free. That's beer52.com forward slash brewers. Let's talk about Hackney now. When you started, craft breweries in London were only a handful. This was 2011. Now there must be around 100. Is this changing? Is this changing the market for you? It is and it isn't. It's funny. Uh, the, the challenges have changed. I think that there have always been challenges. Back in the day when we started, uh, I think there was like 10 breweries, um, which included like Fuller's and Sandbrook's and Brodie's and Colonel and Camden and a few brew pubs. And there was uh, Windsor and Eaton. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, there wasn't much uh, of a vibe about the whole craft beer movement. And we decided to we decided to kind of get involved with beer because it was a natural progression for us. We were, you know, the, the age also of home brewers and we were looking, initially we were looking f to start our own pub, Pete, Pete and I. Um, we looked around multiple, multiple sites for almost three years. We just couldn't find anywhere that was suitable for what we wanted. And um it wasn't until we visited a couple of breweries with the pub that I was with, that we were working at, at the time, we got the opportunity to go and visit uh, a few of these local new craft breweries. The, the pub we were working in was very supportive of guys like the Colonel and, and Camden back in the day when they started. Um, it's a very beer-focused community pub in uh, in Angel, and the the kind of we kind of left one thinking, oh, that's just big homebrew. Let's do that, and and then instantly kind of found a site found some kit did some training on how to use a bigger kit and then about six months in we were like oh this isn't a big homebrew it's really hard and uh, no one really knows what craft beer is it's a very it was a very emerging kind of scene uh the we were quite cask focused we were very in fact we were entirely cask focused for the first two years until we um introduced I think it was a lager, I think it was, <laughs> strangely. Uh, and, a, and like a red ale and a, and a pale ale in cake. That was, yeah, that's where that was all around the same time. Do you, do you think the fun is gone? No, no, I enjoy it so much. There's so much going on. There's, I think the, the, the excitement now is, um, well, it got to a point where, when we were brewing 10 times a day, when I mean, it was ridiculous, when we put the new kit in, uh, well, I'm not saying we don't work as hard, but now there's more time for us to not be at the brewery and go and hang out with other breweries and, and make friends. And I think there's a point where you get your head above the water in terms of a business. You, you kind of relax into it a bit and you're not so worried about, are you going to go under the next day? And, you know, um, is there, are we, are we doing enough things right? And is everyone happy and everything like, you know, everything that goes with the responsibility of owning a business. If this was video instead of uh, just a podcast, People, if, you could, if John stood up suddenly, he'd knock himself out. The ceiling is literally, I'm looking at less, eh, about one inch above his head. And 
the whole brewery is pretty crowded in here. Room around the campfire is you're looking to move. Yeah, there, there's there's truth behind those rumors. We are very much uh, playing Tetris every day to try and get everything in the brewery. There, we we spend quite a lot of time pulling everything out into the yard before we start work, and then at the end of the day, cleaning and uh, putting everything back, which is uh, quite time consuming. Uh, it's quite a lot of hard. It's, it seems a bit excessive uh, in your work day when you're when you're here. You're, I mean, you're so cramped here. You don't have a tap room. I mean, do you think that's a that's a big? I don't know. Is that a big problem? It, it well, I think we're one of the only breweries in London without a tap room. I think it's the someone has somewhere to showcase what they do. We've never really had that because we've had some great support from the local pubs around here. That's so the pubs that. Pete and I used to work in, we basically, that's how we got started. We we called them up and said, hey guys, we're doing a thing. Do you want to do us a favor? Can you buy some beer from us? And then um, they did. They gave us a lot of support and we, uh, you know, we try and give back to them as much as we can to help us go and get going. Would, would you be tempted to brew your beer elsewhere and keep this space and have a, one massive tap room? It's, there's no room for it. We'd never get a license and... Uh, I think that the rent is quite a massive issue of why we're thinking of moving as well. Where, would you move outside London or stay in? No, no, we'd, I'd stay in London. I'd try and stay in Hackney if I if I physically could, but I think that a lot of the industrial space in Hackney has, has been converted into housing, which is great for people to live, but not great for industries to thrive. Um, so we might just be as close to Hackney as we physically can find a space. I don't, I don't particularly want to leave um, the borough, the boroughs that we've, I, when I moved to London, which is like almost 20 years ago now, I, I came to Hackney. I've, I've grown up with my dad has an office on Hackney road and this, this borough has been kind of like a second home for me. So, was, so when I left home, uh, this is where I came and I've been here ever since. And I don't want to leave because it's home. It's my home, man. It's part of the community and it's part of the the kind of the lifestyle that I live, <laughs> which is enjoying kind of working hard and playing hard. I mean, you got, you've done some kind of amazing sours, maybe just because I'm a sour fan. I, I always gravitate to sours, but that's they're not part of your core beers. Why? I mean, you have what, six beers in your core selection? Less four. Yeah. How did you decide that this is going to be? Or, yeah, it all goes back to how we started, and I think uh, the a week after we we opened Beaver Town opened, and that's what we grew up with. They grew up with them over the road, being you know good, good friends with them back in the day. And if they needed a bag of malt, they'd whip over and grab a bag of malt for us. And it was uh, James Rylance who's gone on to um, when I was working at Harbour doing the hinterland project i think they've got a brand new brewery it's, it's, it's fantastic um i i need to get down there and see it that's on my to-do list uh and it's from that relationship and from that kind of being kind of very very close that we we designed kapow which is our kind of flagship pale ale to fit in between neck oil and gamma ray so we didn't want to kind of fight for those kind of spaces on the market we wanted to fit in to something that 
was a natural progression. So if you start on something light, you can get and jump onto us and then you can jump off us to something stronger. Um, if you, if that's the way you drink, which is, I think a lot of craft brew, uh, drinkers do kind of drink. They, they like to try much and kind of scale themselves up to a big Imperial stout at the end and fall asleep on the bus home. <laughs> uh, so that's the, that, so that was the thing. And lager was obviously, um, a kind of a no-brainer for our core range is um to cool and style so it's like a top fermented uh kolsch-esque beer that uh we lager properly for three weeks and it's all brewed in in-house and uh we've been brewing that for since 2013 i think yeah it's a long long time we only put it into cans a couple of years ago uh when we started canning with the new branding um when we updated everything, we updated the branding, which was, a, again, a natural, when the beer became better, the branding became better, the, uh, yeah, everything else kind of has elevated and progressed from from those humble beginnings as a cask brewery. On your website, you're, you're quite proud of your, uh, the support for local charities and uh, your sustainability policy. Um, you know, I hate to be the cynic here, do you think any of your drinkers actually care about either of those? You know, I've I, I'm I'm always a bit of a the mysterious shopper, the mystery shopper when I go to places because I don't I'm, I'm, I spent a, I spent the first three maybe four years of, of the brewery in these railway arches. I never really left, um, and it and so when I go out now, I, I know a few people now over the past few years, but uh, when I first started going out to just to just kind of see where our beer ends up because it was always a bit of a mystery to me. I make it and it would just disappear. <laughs> and, then, and then the empties would turn up and then I'd fill them up again and then they disappear. And uh, it was always a, a the, the bit of, um, so Pete worked really, really hard over those those years to, to try and build up um, the kind of distribution side of things. Uh, and so now I can kind of wander into these places and like watch people buy the beers that we make. And that's quite fun. That's quite it's quite humbling as well. People enjoying the thing that you're doing. She's witnessing it. And um, there was a time when I went into one bar and there was a guy who's like held up a pint and went, this got powered by wind, powered by windmills. This was made being powered by windmills. And he was just like holding it up. Uh, and then you're saying to all of his mates about it. So that, so yeah, I think the message is kind of, um, is getting out there. You know, they, they, they always say it's, it's, you got to tell a story. You're not a brand, you're a story. But on the other hand, how do you get that story across? At the moment, we've just got it on our website. We tweet about it. We Instagram about it. Um, it's. Uh, I think if you come here, we put the effort in to show you around and, and uh, the kind of point at stuff that we do in terms of sustainability. I think if you're not doing anything just to, to kind of curb your, your wastage and your use of energy then i think you're uh well part of the problem so are you uh, are you open for visitors um no <laughs> but people pop in people people always come in i think that's the part of not having a tap room we um we've never really had that and i think that's that's kind of if, if we do move we'll, we'll definitely incorporate uh more of a I want to say visitor center, but I'm not sure it's a visit. It's somewhere you can kind of enjoy our beer and our brand and our culture and the way we do things, which is, yeah, like you say, sustainably and ethically minded when we when we pay our staff well, we train them, we we give them proper holidays, you know, all these things that the, the EU do really well for put in place to workers' rights and all the rest of it. We, we 
very much pro all of that. Um, and yeah, it would be great to have a, a, a place where people can come and enjoy what we do. And they're face to face. And they say, you know, it's about going back to like when I was in pubs and what people buy our beer. It's like, if, you know, that's the, the natural progression. If people come to us and buy our beer, it would be even uh, fantastic. But um, obviously we've got to supply a place for them to come, which is quite hard when we've run out of room here. Old Bruce Wayne has a ball in its mouth and I think he wants, I think he wants to, to go out. So it's probably a good time to, to wrap this up. Um, with today's podcast, I'd like to thank the gang at Hackney for their time, especially you, John, and for your great hospitality. Review publisher John Young, TBJ editor Tim Sheehan, sound engineer Ross McPherson, and most of all, you, our brewing compadres, for listening in. Just a reminder, the Brewers' Congress will be held on 28th November in London, and tickets are going fast. In fact, are there tickets left? I'm looking at Tim. Tim's saying, eh, kind of. For more information on this, visit the Brewers' Journal webpage. This has been Velo Mitrovich, and you've been enjoying the Brewers' Journal podcast. Thanks. Thanks.